From the East Coast to the West Coast. This is the Coast to Coast NBA Podcast. I'm Chalanga. I'm Dylan. What up, Dylan? I'm so sad that we talked for too long, but this is going to be okay. I'm excited to talk about all... Wait, we've already talked about them. We're going to talk about the happiest and saddest NBA teams here right now. Let's do it. All right. It is sad to be a Wolves fan, which got me and Dylan thinking that maybe there are other franchises that have an even sadder outlook. I thought possibly that we would get the Wolves on this list, and neither of us could. Yeah, neither of us could. So right now, Dylan and I are going to rank the five happiest and the five saddest fan bases. Teams. 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 Teams, not fan bases. It's all-encompassing. All-encompassing. So the teams, so we, we measured these based on are the players happy or sad? Are the fans happy or sad? And how long has this period of happiness or sadness lasted that was our 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 basic criteria i had like a i had a a a past happiness a kinetic happiness meaning like what's happening now and a potential happiness kind Mm. of and then within that like there's obviously within each one finances um wins hope for stars fun basketball to watch and good locker rooms all right so why don't we start with the five happiest and dylan i just want you to talk about your five and any any that I have in common, I'll jump in and I'll, I'll comment on too. Okay. My honorable mention is I had this team at number five and I crossed them out last minute because I, I couldn't put them on there. And it's the Orlando Magic. So oh, that's wow. that's my honorable mention. Um, I couldn't say that I was that happy about it because I still don't think, number one, they don't have a star. I don't know if they can get one because their franchise is in ruins. Although, also... I will say that Florida doesn't have a state income tax, so there is reason to come to Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know where the franchise is going. Like, okay, yeah, they make the playoffs, but then you have a pick that's at, what, 16, 15, I guess? I don't know who they have right now that will propel them into the future. They have a lot of kinetic happiness, not a lot of potential happiness, Chalinga. Well, they've got Marco Fultz, don't forget. Yeah, uh, <laughs> exactly my point. All right, I'm glad you brought up the magic because um, I love the magic. I just wanted to talk about them. They deserve to have something to talk about. You know, it's it's like they're happier than they've been in a long time. They have an all-star. Even though their their resume would make you think that they would be a horribly sad team because they've traded away all of their top draft picks and now all their all of them are doing better on a different team. Victor Oladipo, Alfred Payton... Ugh. Tobias Harris, who wasn't drafted by the Magic, but they had him on the roster for a while. So you'd think it'd be sad, but they're going to make the playoffs this year. Maybe, probably. I mean, maybe it seems seems fairly likely. I'm still rooting for Kemba over the Magic, but part of that is just because uh, I have a lot invested in the Magic not being good this year. After me saying that there was no chance that they won 30. I, what was their over under like thirty some games? And I said thirty one. Hey, I think that's not gonna that's not gonna happen. Look but at them now; they're gonna win thirty one games. But the last thing that I can at least hope for is that they don't make the playoffs, which seems they're in the playoffs now. So, and it doesn't look like they have that difficult of a schedule coming up. So, I, I oh, I just want to say one more thing: mm-hmm. when DJ Augustine and Nikola Vucevic are your best players, are the, your players that are lighting it up, I'm worried. I don't know if there's anything. I don't know if there's a future for you. My fifth team, so my actual team, is the Blazers. Well, that's a good pick. They're such a happy team. They got stuck in an elevator, and it wasn't just the reserves. Like, a a lot of, like, Gary Trent Jr., our favorite hometown boy, was stuck in there. But he was stuck in there with, like, Dame, and Cantor was in there. Wait, is this a real story that they got stuck in an elevator? Yes, they got stuck in an elevator together. Huh. They were all Instagramming it, and we're like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? And then they got out, and it was cute. It was such a cute story. I was like, that is a happy team. I wish the Wolves did that. I wish <laughs> they got stuck in an elevator. The best way to improve team chemistry is to all get stuck in an elevator for 30 minutes. That's what we should do to every team. The Lakers should get stuck in an elevator for 30 minutes, and just we'll see what happens. Just spend time together where you can't do other things, where you can't, I don't know, I guess they were still on their phones, but where you where you can, <laughs> are kind of secluded from the world a little bit. 
<laughs> and I mean, they have a feel good story, and uh, they're they're like tied for the third seed right now, and they're just there every year. And it seems like Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum just kind of want to be there. They want to be in Portland, and it's a feel good story, I think, to me. I agree, and it seems like Dame and CJ really like each other. I I love Nurk's shade that he throws at everybody. His Ben Simmons saga was great. Oh yeah, if that team and if that team gets another good player somehow, they could be a legitimate, you know, finals. Can like they could they could have a chance to make the finals, depending on what happens with Golden State. But you know, looking forward, I'd be happy if they made the Western Conference Finals. Go Portland! Come on, they deserve it. Yeah, I, I I root for Portland. I like Portland. I like Dame, and I, you know, it's it's clear to those guys that basketball is everything. CJ's got his podcast, and Damian has his music career, and he's actually not a terrible rapper. I mean, I, he's really not bad. He's a better basketball player, obviously. He's the best musician NBA player. I mean, I know we're gonna talk about that in a future pod, but I think that, that is, I think he's clear number one. Mm, I've got some hot takes on that, but I'll save them for the future pod. But he's he's a real he's a real solid rapper. So that's great. Who's number four for you? I got the Nuggets. Nice. They were an honorable mention for me. They don't have a lot of past happiness. They aren't the most storied friend franchise, I should say. But right now, they just got so much kinetic happiness. They've been able to win a lot of close games. They've been able to win a lot of good games, and they're almost the number one seed. For a fraction of a second, after the All-Star break, they were the number one seed over the Warriors this, earlier this week. They I were also the number one out. seed for most of the beginning of the year. Yeah, so they've they've been able to do a lot of great things. Um, my worry is that I don't see a lot of potential happiness. I think you and I both agree we were talking earlier I think that there's a lot more to be exploited on the defensive end for Jokic. He's super slow and just physically. And my worry is that he might have to be out on the perimeter a couple times in the playoffs against some bigs that are going to be able to shoot on him. So, we'll see. Oh yeah, I think that I think that defensively like if they match up against Golden State, anybody with a with a All Star caliber guard, they're just gonna work for the switch and then abuse Jokic mm-hmm. defensively all game long. The question is, is Jokic off Jokic's offensive game enough to to keep up with that? And I think it. The thing is that it might be because he is a really really gifted offensive player. I mean, as far as creating his own shot and getting other people's shots, he might be able. I mean, I think he'll be able to stay on the floor most of the time. The only thing is, is he going to be able to finish games when it comes yeah. down to it, you know? And that they don't have enough else on the offensive end to – which the, uh, Jamal Murray uh, got really hot in the Jazz game, and that was really fun to see. But there's a high potential of them fizzing out. You know, what's great about this team, though, is that they're still so young. And a reason they were the honorable mention to me is because all of these people are homegrown. All of their players were drafted by the Nuggets and have been nurtured and loved by the organization, which has just created a really beautiful bond on the court. I mean, they drafted Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, Gary Harris, Malik Beasley, Monte Morris, Juancho Hernan Gomez. And don't forget, this year they drafted Michael Porter Jr., who, if he's healthy, is going to be a really good player. That'll be the day. My point is, they've done a really good job building the team. And homegrown talent that wins is generally the happiest talent. They are my fifth most likely team to make the finals in the West. Fifth in the West? Yeah. Damn. Yep. I have Thunder. I have, uh, obviously, Golden State. Mm -hmm. I have, I might have the Jazz. And I have the Rockets. And Portland? Oh, and and then. Over them. Wow. Then them. Then Portland's below them. I'm starting to believe in the Nuggets because before the season, I really didn't believe in the Nuggets, and they have proved me very wrong. So I'm just going to go ahead and believe in them. I'm going to keep some of my beliefs strong. All right, who's your number three happiest team? Oklahoma City Thunder. Nice. I have them on my list too. Where are they for you? They are number two for me. They're so happy right now. I think Russ has been able to take a backseat for the first time 
uh, since Kevin Durant was there earlier in the Kevin Durant years, too. They're so lucky they've had not just one MVP on their team, two MVPs on their team, a future MVP in James Harden. They made the finals. This is the smallest market in the NBA. Smallest TV market, I should say. They have an incredible fan base. They have Paul George, who could be an MVP uh, if he gets healthy and has an incredible end of the season and they end up as the two seed somehow or the three, I guess, three seed by a considerable margin. They win a bunch of games at the end of the year. I think that there's a small chance that he becomes MVP. They've just had such incredible past success. They're having current success. And they're the one team that I could see uh, having the heart to be able to take Golden State to six or seven games in the Western Conference Finals. That's the matchup I want to see. That's really the matchup I want to see. I, I saw Houston, Golden State, whatever. That's fine. I want to see OKC, Golden State. I, I picked OKC because you know that that has to be a very happy team when they were able to keep not one, but two star players to stay in a small market. Russell right? West. That doesn't ha- like that doesn't happen. Like everybody in a, every small market owner is like, I can't keep my stars. I can't keep my stars. So what? And it worked. How did it work? I know it worked. <laughs> How did they get better this year by such a considerable margin? Because they lost uh, Carmelo Anthony, and obviously but it's insane. I mean, I guess it's obvious. Russ and PG really like each other. They really like each other, and their games. Are super complimentary. I mean, it's it's essentially Russ and KD. PG is like maybe a better defender than, definitely a better defender than KD was. And definitely at that a point. worse scorer. Yeah. So like I don't know. My point is, if if they can keep two star players, and be continually winning like this, and be so important to the NBA culture, there must be something really magical happening in that organization. That just creates really happy players. I mean, like, and they have the best glue guy in the entire NBA. You know who I'm talking about? Stephen Adams, Aquaman. Yeah, I love Stephen Adams. He's the best. I mean, he he mm-hmm. grew up with 18 siblings, so he had to learn how to get along with people. He had wow, to learn hot how to take. Share. I didn't even know that as to why he's a great glue guy. I don't think he lived with all of them because it was one dad. So, <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. That's the craziest part. <laughs> Holy moly. Uh-huh, with a bunch of different wives. I think maybe like four different wives. I'm not sure. I I don't quote me on that, but I know it's not all the same same mother with the with the siblings. Anyway, he grew up with a lot of people around him, so he had to learn how to share. Uh I I love this team. Steven Adams also near all-star player. I mean, he's a he's averaged a double-double at, like for the last 3 seasons. You know, he's one of the most underrated players in the NBA. Willing to do anything, too. Mm-hmm. They just have a really well-built roster. Everybody should be really happy about what's going on. Yeah. OKC. Okay, Number two for you? The Dallas Mavericks. Oh! Surprise in, pick, but a good pick. In the last 10 years, they had an MVP win a finals. I mean, I know Dirk won in 07 or something like that, but let's just say, so they had Dirk. They won the finals. They got bad, and then they got good again. They had a great circle of life. A surprisingly small market in the NBA concerning the size of Dallas because Dallas is just such a football town, I guess. But now they have such hope in having two really potentially great players, two players that at certain points in both of their career could have been seen as potential MVP candidates. I don't know if Kristaps still is, but they have Kristaps, and now they have Luka Doncic. And it's so exciting to watch Luka Doncic play. It was exciting to watch Kristaps play. And the potential happiness is through the mother frickin' roof. The kinetic happiness is all in Luka Doncic. Running into the crowd, but then accidentally hitting a kid, but then, like, giving him signed shoes. And just his smile, his infectious smile, mm-hmm. is enough to make this team happy. They're the second happiest team in the NBA right now. Bambay should be happy. Everybody's happy. Mark Cuban should be happy. They got through some interesting front office turmoil at the beginning of the year. And I I hope for the Mavs' sake that uh, that they can become a better franchise because of it. Yeah, you know, hopefully the women in the organization will be much happier going forward. Um, well, and there are more now. Didn't they hire 
Yeah, they hired a bunch. They, they had like they hired a bunch of women. Big turnover. Yeah. Yeah. So good so for I, them. So yeah, I really hope I really hope that they they stick strong with this anti-sexual harassment in the workplace movement. Although until Mark Cuban is gone, I I don't really trust it. But that's another matter. The Mavericks going forward, their roster is looking good. It's looking solid. I mean, building around Doncic and Porzingis is stellar. I really think that Porzingis will be back. And even though he might be one of those people that kind of gets just kind of gets hurt, gets nicked up a lot. I mean, so so is Chris Paul, so is Jimmy Butler. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. that they can't be the second best player on a championship team, you know? Absolutely. They, they just have to be paired with the right person. And Luka Doncic I, seems like the right person. And in Chris Paul's case, I think that he could have been the best player on a championship team. They, he almost was. He almost was. He almost was, yeah. They got beat by the Rockets in the semis, and then the Rockets went on to the finals to play. Um, must have been Rockets Golden State, right? Finals. Well, they definitely got beat. That's neither here nor there. Dallas Mavericks, solid pick for number two. Number one, happiest team in the NBA, Dylan. My number one is the Atlanta Hawks. What? Is that out of nowhere? Convince me. They had the best possible season that they could have had as a franchise. True. Not only did they position themselves for the number one overall pick because they have a top five. They have top five odds. I think they're like two or three games in into the top five odds of the fifth worst team in the league, which is literally the best position that they could have put themselves in because Trey, Trey Young. I was going to say Trey Waynes. <laughs> Trey Young, if you just move around the letters a little bit, is going on a tear. Tear Young. <laughs> Do you like that? I love it. Uh, he's starting to win games. He's starting to be clutch. That's the biggest thing. He's starting to really go off at the end of games and bring his team back into it. They beat the Wolves, which was a great win for them. They almost beat the Bulls in a quadruple overtime game where he scored 49 points. Granted, it was 56 minutes, but, you know, it's tough to play 56 minutes of basketball. Yeah, So, it And it's also tough to beat Zach Levine when he's being Zach Levine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, it's I totally mean, when not. Zach Levine is being Zach Levine, Zach Levine is good. In, you know? Is an interesting offensive player for sure. Yeah, he's a good scorer. They've positioned themselves perfectly. They have two potential starting five finals players. In Trey Young and John Collins, yes, yeah, I love those two. I and have been if they get the so number excited one pick, about those two, they get Zion on that team. They have mm-hmm. the same odds as anyone else to get Zion on that. I team. mean, yo, they could get Zion. They could get RJ. If they end up at number three and Ja Morant is there, they could trade down, acquire another future pick because you know they can't pick Ja. Yeah, Right, exactly. And they've got the Dallas pick, which will probably be like 9, 10, 11, 12, something in God. that range. That's, that's, I'm telling you, man, Atlanta Hawks, either they're going to make the playoffs next year or in two years they're going to have a huge jump and all of a sudden be like a top four seed, like a la Denver Nuggets. I'm guaranteeing the playoffs for the Atlanta Hawks next year. Hey, Dylan's on board. That's what's up. I was just I listening to the Winging It podcast with Vince Carter and Kent Bazemore, and they had John Collins and Trey Young on. And let me tell you, Vince Carter is such a good mentor to young players. He clearly loves his role as the old guy on the team. He loves being the guy that <laughs> the kids come to. He's so ready to give advice on the league and what it takes. And he's like, He's really, really embraced his role on that team, and I think he's helped create such a positive environment and and such like a such a, a culture of like love and growth and acceptance, uh, along with Kent Bazemore, because Kent Bazemore is also a really cool guy who just like seems like a great glue guy, a great guy to have around the locker room. He's funny, he's nice, he's like really giving of himself. It's cool. That's a great pick. That's a sleeper pick. They didn't even, I didn't even consider them one on the list. more year. One more year. One more year. Great job, Vince Dylan. Carter. You killed me. I want Vince Carter. Yeah, Vince Carter, come to the Wolves and help us, no. please. No, no, no. Stay please. on the Hawks, Vince Carter. <laughs> one more year. Win your ring. <laughs> yeah, the Hawks. 
with a big three of Trey Young, Zion Williamson. All right, I'm and stopping you right there. You're you're getting crazy. <laughs> I'm gonna get to my list. All right, so uh, here's another thing. I want to talk about the Atlanta market. Mm-hmm. I know that Atlanta does not have a strong basketball market right now, but they should. They should. They have mm-hmm. a really strong hip hop market. So why wouldn't they have a strong basketball market? If this team becomes good, I don't see why they can't be a top five in terms of their um their, uh, their fan base. Yeah, I agree. Like the Atlanta's a big city. There's a lot of like it's Hollywood 2.0 down in Atlanta. And they got NBA on TNT. I'm all in on Atlanta. I wish I lived closer to Atlanta so I could root for them. And the winging it pod. Like they just they have a ton of ton of cool things. That's a great pick. Yeah, I'll talk about the ones that we didn't hit. So Denver was my honorable mention. My number five was the Indiana Pacers because really yeah they have had such a a long history of being successful their Mm -hmm. star player demanded a trade and they've managed to make a trade that was mutually beneficial for both sides and actually maybe made the Pacers fans happier because they love Oladipo they lost Oladipo for the season and have not gotten any worse (laughs) <laughs> which is crazy. Granted, their future happiness isn't like super bright. They're going to kind of sustain. But that's why I think that they're such a happy franchise is that they've sustained. They had one year where they were out and then they turned that into Miles Turner and then they were back in the next year. So yeah. to me, this is just like a, a super well-run organization. They treat their players well um, and they're able to continually be in the playoff picture, continually being the comp- conversation for contention, which I think is a really big part about player happiness. You know, That's why, I mean, if this was two years ago, Memphis would have been pretty high on my list because that team was always there, super well mm-hmm. run. Mm-hmm. But they've recently collapsed. So, And their market isn't that strong. I think they're more interested in the Tigers than they are the Grizzlies. <laughs> right, but Indiana, huge basketball market. Granted, you know, they kind of like college more basketball the more than... Yeah. More than NBA basketball, which is but like, I, I do want to talk about the fan base. They are very strong, albeit white, but mm-hmm. they count their threes. Their fan base counts the threes, I believe, from um from the stands. So I think that's kind of an interesting, cool, unique thing about them. Oh, I didn't know um, that. I want a unique thing about our fan base. Oh wait, it's that nobody goes to the Timberwolves. Yeah, game. it's that the games are empty. <laughs> um. But we believe in you, Ryan Tankey. We believe in your skills that you'll be able to get the basketball market in Minnesota going again. Ryan Tankey, is, uh, he was my neighbor. He got me free tickets to the Wolves. I, I oh, think cool. I talked about him before. He also he said he was going to listen to the podcast at one point. I need to keep on his butt about that, though. Yeah, uh, you do. He's got a lot of inside friends. Get on his butt. My number four team is the Golden State Warriors, which... They've had some internal turmoil, right? They've had some beef. Kevin Durant, Draymond Green don't like each other. But the eternal glow and happiness that are emanating from Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Steve Kerr is enough to compensate for that. Far and, like Those three people could not be more happy with how the last five years have gone. They're just like floating on cloud nine the fan base is unreal they just built a amazing new arena so they're celebrating their last year in oracle andre iguodala is a really happy guy i mean like it's the golden state warriors they've won three of four they're happy as hell they would have been higher on my list uh had it not been for the beef between kd and draymond here comes my bias i am not happy for them (laughs) and that's why I couldn't put them in the top five. I don't think most of the league is happy for them. I mm-hmm. think there there's been too much stasis in the league because of it. Like there's just there it, it's everything's becoming too predictable, and frankly, we're bored by watching KD play basketball on a team that already had championship uh, ability. Well, they're not bored, but the fans are fucking boring. They started out with this really cool homegrown Oakland, like lively, smart basketball crowd. And they've just become Mark Fuckerberg and whoever else is in shitty Bay area. And the tickets are like $400 
no real person can afford tickets to these games. And if they do, it's their fucking weekly paycheck. And so I, I know. can't be happy for this fan base because it's just elitist and they are the fucking 1% of the NBA. But, and we have to stop them. But, <laughs> oh, no, Bernie, get out of here. You know Bernie, we don't get like out you. of here. You know we he's don't like you back. when you interrupt the podcast. Go focus uh, on your just, campaign. He's trying to campaign on our podcast, but uh, Dude, I've been telling him he's too old. You're too old to be president, Bernie, and you're too old to be on a podcast. This is a millennial format. Get out of here. All right. I'm out, I'm out of here. But just remember, in the future, we have to stop the billionaires. Yeah, Bernie, we get it. We hate billionaires, too. Bye. Here's what I want to say about the Warriors is that every kid I know fucking loves to watch Stephen Curry highlights. I don't know. Even though their fan base direct might be, you know, a, a shell of what it used to be, the amount of joy that people around the world have because of the Golden State Warriors cannot be ignored. So boring. You're boring. All right. Go on. Move on. I get it. My number three happiest team in the league is the Los Angeles Clippers. I was close to it, but I just couldn't. They've had too much past sadness. I'm kind of shirking that to the side right now because their current and future happiness is looking real good. So as it stands, this team is, by all measures, overachieving. Nobody expected the Clippers to be this good after trading away Blake Griffin. There were people who were like, oh, we can't sleep on the Clippers, blah, blah, blah. But they're winning and they're good. And then they trade away Tobias Harris, their new best player. And everyone's like, oh, the Clippers, they're obviously going to tank because they're not that good. But this team just like sticks together and they rise to the occasion. There's not a better team basketball team in the league, I don't think. Maybe the Spurs, but not even with DeMar and, and LaMarcus. I mean, the Clippers play team basketball. What also inspired me is I, I'm, Lou Williams is one of my favorite follows on Instagram because he just lives a very, very interesting life. One, he likes very the Clippers. Very frugal life on $8 million a year. Yeah. I mean, like he likes the Clippers enough to have signed that $8 million for three years. Are you kidding me? He was worth so much more than that. He could have gone to, like, gone to free agency and gotten more money. But the Clippers got him on a real. No one wants to make, no one wants to make fifteen million dollars in Memphis. <laughs> right, right. He liked LA and he likes the team, so you know he he made his money. I I also think that the the Clippers, since getting over the uh, Donald Sterling issue and Steve Ballmer bought the team, there's just been such a, a an air of progressiveness. Possibility. And possibility and like forward thinking and creativeness. Jerry West is on the team. On top of all that, they are doing this VR thing. Like they're being really technologically progressive for a team. Like they're going to mm-hmm. have a lot of Clippers centric content that you can just pay for through something. They're moving the league forward in terms of content, digital content. And I think that that's great. I'm happy for anybody who is a Clippers fan. But I think even when they win, they can't win because they're going to lose their pick. Like, it's something that they kind of need. And when have they ever been able to sign a free agent? When? Well, it seems they traded like... for Chris Paul. Yeah. When have they signed a free agent, though? And that's what they're going to have to count on this summer is they're going to have to beat out the Lakers, which it's a huge summer, and I and I get that everyone thinks Kawhi is going there, but I, I'm not going to count on it just because of what's happened in the past. And so I just didn't want to put them in my top five. Right, I agree. But you know, it's not just Kawhi. It could be it could be Katie. It could be Kyrie. It could be hopefully it's not Jimmy, but it could be. Um <laughs> by the way, they they hired Lee Jenkins as the director of research and identity, which he basically is just hired to write about the Clippers and make them seem awesome. Um and players really like Lee Jenkins as a reporter. Um I don't know. The Clippers just even if they don't get strike big with a free agent this year, as long as they don't like make a dumb mistake and fuck it up, which I don't think they will because they've got a like really good staff, eventually something's going to go right for them. I love the Clippers. I would love to play for the Clippers. They're my number three team. My number two team was Oklahoma City. We already talked about them. And my number one team, everything is turning up Milwaukee. The Milwaukee Bucks, baby. How could you not be happy as a Milwaukee's Bucks fan, man? They canned Jason Kidd. They traded away all their bad contracts. And now you've got Giannis, 
who will probably win MVP this year, leading your team to the number one seed in the East in the first season of your brand new arena, which apparently is beautiful. My friend Jake went uh, last weekend. He said it's an amazing arena experience. Uh, Giannis is, what, 24? And he's going to be your MVP player for the next... He's the know. number one player on the ESPN 25 under 25. Yeah, I mean, he's he's the best. He's the arguably the third best player in the league. And he likes Milwaukee. He said that he loves it there. He wants to be there long term. You hired one of the best coaches in the league, Mike Budenholzer. I mean, everything is great in Milwaukee right now. Right now and looking forward. I mean... Ultimately, I should have put them on the in my top five, but I didn't, and it was probably just an oversight on my end. I didn't really think about them. We've talked a lot about them. I don't know if we need to talk more about them, honestly. I think you said it. Yeah, I wish I was born 100 miles further east. Ted Tega follows us on Instagram. He's a Bucks fan. Hey, shout-outs to Ted Tega. Love you, buddy. All right, so that's our happiest team. Uh, before we move on to our saddest team, let's take a brief break and hear from our sponsor. Today's show is brought to you by Lindsay Whalen, as always. Love you, Lindsay. <laughs> All right, Dylan. Love you, Lindsay. Love you, Lindsay Whalen. Lindsay Lewin. Oof. Yikes. Let's move on to our sad team. So we each also picked five of the saddest teams in the league. Why don't you go ahead and go first? Hit me with your sad teams. Okay, my number five team is the Nolens Pelicans. Mm. Good pick. I picked that. They're number three for me. Gail Benson doesn't even want to own their team. <laughs> she wants to sell her team to someone in Seattle. Oh, God. Please let it not be Jeff Bezos. Please let it not be Jeff Bezos. It's going to be Jeff Bezos. <laughs> I'm literally crying. Because <laughs> I will hate yeah, the Seattle he's, Pelicans. He's going to... He's. I mean... As soon as somebody's willing to sell to Seattle, he's going to be like, yep, I want it. Thank you. Oh, how much? It makes too much no sense. Problem. He wants to own everything. And he's the only person who can afford an NBA team right now. Like, <laughs> Outright, for sure. Like he doesn't. No, need... he's going to buy the Knicks. Oh, my God. How awful oh, would that be? Shit. You go from Dolan to Bezos. Oh, man. At least, you know, uh. at least you wouldn't have to listen to a band play all the time if Bezos <laughs> owned the Knicks. <laughs> Wait, I like the band. Not the band. I'm talking about uh, JD and the sh- and the shooters and the shots. Oh. oh, oh! I thought that they have like a live marching band or something. Who has no, that? No, no, no. I'm talking about James Dolan's band. They were talking okay, about yeah. this on. No, oh yeah, I know, I I know James Dolan, but he's still gonna play in MSG because he's not gonna sell that. Yeah, he's um, gonna own the building still. Yeah, so. So they're not getting around that. But who has – doesn't one team have, like, a live band that plays? Was it the Lakers? I think it was the Lakers. Oh, the, the Knicks did have – Brass band. The, the – the no, the Knicks did not have a, a marching uh, – like, a drum line. Who had a drum – I was watching a game recently, and there was a drum line. I was like, oh, I want to go. Milwaukee had a drum line. Playing. That's cool. We need, yeah. more, we need more live music in these arenas. I just, I just loved have watching the Lakers game and having the, the live band there. I think that that was where it was. I was in Staples Center and there was a live band. I was like, whoa, that's every very team cool. should have that. That's very cool. They can afford it. Fucking pay musicians. Anyway, Anthony Davis and the New Orleans Pelicans. Sad because obviously Anthony Davis does not want to be there. And they have the worst ownership in the league. They are basically just an offshoot of the New Orleans Saints. And if anybody wants to know my feelings about New Orleans sports, it's that I hate all of them. And they are the single reason why Minnesota has not had a championship in the last 10, 15 years because of Bounty Gate. Bounty Gate and the pass interference bullshit. bullshit Yeah, whatever. Yeah, we all we all remember. Don't need to get into it. Can I run you through New Orleans Pelicans draft history since they drafted Anthony Davis? In 2012, the Pelicans drafted Anthony Davis number 1 overall and Austin Rivers number 10 overall. Mm-hmm. They would eventually trade Austin Rivers for nothing, <laughs> but I mean he was <laughs> to he daddy was. for nothing. Then they traded 
Nerlens Noel and a 2014, their 2014 first rounder for Drew Holiday. Then they traded their 2015 first round pick for Omer Ajik. Then in 2016, they drafted Buddy Heald, who they then traded along with their 2017 first round pick for Boogie Cousins. I, then that's in tough. that's just tough. Then that is tough. I don't I don't hate that trade. I mean, it was like they they did their best. Then they traded their 2018 first round pick for Nikola Mirotic, who they then flipped for Stanley Johnson and four second round picks. So <sighs> in that was a fail. The past seven years, the New Orleans Pelicans have drafted three players. One of whom is Anthony Davis. One of whom is Austin Rivers and Buddy Heald is the other one. So the the mismanagement it's con like it's oh con like seriously they took the complete wrong direction. They were like we have this player, he's young, he's good. We have to win now. I just don't understand why you wouldn't just acquire assets, right? That's what you do when you rebuild and you requ- uh, like when you get good young players you want to acquire as many assets as you can, hoping that one of those assets hits, you know? Instead, they were just like, we don't give a fuck. We will trade away all of our first-round picks because we think that Anthony Davis can win us a championship now. But obviously, that was incorrect, and look where they are now. Anthony Davis wants to leave. All right, who's your number four team? My number four team is, and you actually convinced me. I think I had a different team here. It's the... New Orleans Hornets. I mean, wait, wait, Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> the Charlotte. That's that's a funny mistake. That's <laughs> no, I good. didn't make that. I didn't make that mistake on accident. Um, let me tell you. Okay, good, good, uh, good. Uh, Charlotte Hornets are my the number most four too. Incompetent owner in the league who thinks that Kemba Walker is a top five player in the NBA. Yikes. MJ, I'm calling you out. Top twenty, maybe. Top twenty five, definitely. MJ is probably still the best player on the Hornets. Probably, actually, I'm. That's. Disrespect to Kemba Walker. <laughs> Kemba Walker would be a great second option with whatever team he chooses to sign with this offseason. Pair him with a big. Pair him with KD or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Put him with LeBron. I'd like to see that. In all seriousness, I think he might be the best, second best player on the team. MJ might be the second best player on this team right now. Yeah. I mean, the the talk about mismanagement. You thought the Pelicans were mismanaged. The, the Hornets. God. Yeah. Yet again, they're going to miss the playoffs. It's just sad with Kemba Walker, who's an all-star starter. I know. It's it's sad. Talk about their money situation, because I know you went into that a little bit deeper. Yeah, I did, and it's rough. Right now, they are currently about a million dollars below the tax as a non-playoff team. That's not a, that's not a place you want to be, especially when your best player is on a bargain contract. (laughs) Kemba Walker makes $12 million this year. It's, I think it's crazy how they got to this position. So Bismack Biombo, Marvin Williams, and Michael K. Gilchrist all have player options for next year for a combined total of 45 million. Altogether, they're never going to get that off the books next year. (laughs) No. They'll never be able to trade that off their books. All of those people are opting in. They might be able to trade one of them away, but they might have to throw in an asset, which is the last thing they're going to want to do because they're going to be rebuilding because Kemba is most likely going to be gone. Because if they do sign Kemba, right, they will have to pay a huge amount of luxury tax. They'll be very far over the luxury tax because if Kemba were to leave, they would have $6 million in room. Assuming that Biombo, Williams, and Kiko Gilchrist all opt into their contracts, which they would they be will. crazy not to, because like that's they they will not get anywhere close to that much money anywhere else. And so with six million, you'd think Kemba's gonna you know require the max, and I'm sure his max is somewhere in the thirty million range. He's got super max, and it's gonna be bigger than the John Wall contract. Yeah, so he'll probably make thirty like thirty five million the first year. Which they can't give that to him. Would put that puts them, him over the luxury already. Thir- that would put them thirty million over the. Oh, oh, that would. Yeah, that would put them over the luxury by a by couple million, at least a, by a few million, which they can't do. And then they have to fill out the rest of their roster because they've got a few expiring contracts too. 
it's it's like a really dire financial situation. And even if Kemba Walker leaves, then they've got six million that they've got to do something with. You know, best and, case scenario, they don't sign Kemba Walker, which is horrible. Best case scenario would have been they could have had the All Star game in Charlotte last year instead of it being postponed because of that bathroom law. And then this year they could have mm. traded Kemba Walker, but because the All Star yep. game was in Charlotte, they could they, they, couldn't they trade him. just couldn't trade him. So you can blame Charlotte's woes on their government. That's a brilliant take. They couldn't trade him. They couldn't. They couldn't. He couldn't be an expiring contract. Holy shit! Hot take alert. I'm not going to call it a hot take. That is uh, All Eyes North freezing cold take of the North. <laughs> Ooh, brr. I'm chilly right now. Um, yeah, but made, yeah. That gave me the chills. I don't want to be a Charlotte fan. The only positive thing about the, Char- about the Charlotte Hornets is that you get to watch Miles Bridges play. And Malik Monk might be okay eventually. Like he might be an okay player. But if... You're rebuilding around Malik Monk and Miles Bridges. It's going to be a long rebuild. And they're going to be 40 by the time the rebuild is done, so they're not going to be on the team anyway. Yeah, the Hornets are about to get real bad real quick. Number three (laughs) on this list. I don't know if it's too low or too high, and that's why I had them right here. The Los Angeles Lakers. Mm, Minneapolis Lakers, baby. They're my number two. I couldn't put them above these other dismal 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 bleak teams but i'm ready for this season to affect lebron's career resume in a negative way yeah really too bad for lebron he could have gone to philly he caused this yeah he He did caused this he caused all of this it's his fault i'm ready for it to affect his resume i'm ready for it to be an indictment against him as a player Bill Simmons says every NBA star has 90% of things that are good about them and 10% that are bad, and sometimes the 10% is more glaring, and he always gives Russell Westbrook as the example of that. But I think LeBron is also a glaring example of that because every time he's been on a team, he's been a poison to the locker room. He's been a poison to the free agent market. Evidently, they're still in talks with Carmelo Anthony. I mean, I guess they stopped because they're not going to make the playoffs, but like LeBron as a GM or as an as a whisperer to the GM, as a GM whisperer, <laughs> has been horrible. Yeah, And I'm ready for it to affect his resume in a negative way. If LeBron does not win a championship in L.A., that's a failure. That's an F on his report card for his career. I agree. And, you know, he's running out of time. The clock is ticking on his career. I'm either moving him down, he'll still be in the top five, but down from two or up to one depending on whether he wins a championship. Yeah, and you know what? Here's the thing. It's not uh, like looking beyond LeBron, there's a lot of sadness in this Lakers organization at an even deeper level. Let's go back to D'Angelo Russell, drafted number two overall, traded because he revealed that Nick Young had cheated on, um, what's her name? Iggy. Iggy, Iggy Azalea. So he was then traded to the Nets, for Brooke Lopez and Kyle Kuzma. That's Brooke pretty Lopez good. That's really is, that's a really good trade. It's a good trade, except now Brooke Lopez is killing it in Milwaukee and D'Angelo Russell is an all-star. They did get off of Timofey Mozgov's contract too. So like on paper, the trade looks great, except the Lakers needed a center this year. Brooke Lopez would have been great to pair with LeBron and now he's killing it in Milwaukee. I would consider that to be a, a completely different transaction. It, I'm, I'm not saying it's not a different transaction. So they won the trade, but then they couldn't leverage the trade to continue. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you make the trade, you make the transition, but then you leverage that transaction to con- for continued success. So, like, even though it is a different transaction, it can't be ignored as a part of the process, right? Because at the end of the day, you would rather have Brooke Lopez as your space the floor big guy than Mike Bascala. I think the negatives of that trade weren't Brooke Lopez, that they got Brooke Lopez for a year. The negatives were that D'Angelo Russell became an all-star. That's the negative of that trade, that specific trade. Like, better to have loved and lost. They had Brooke Lopez for a year, and he played fine. Yeah, and then going back even further, the end of Kobe's career and the debacle that that was, just trying to throw together rosters to, to, you know, maximize Kobe, the end of Kobe's career. We, 
we'll all never forget the Nash, Wait. Howard, Kobe, the Bryant Lakers that were so good. Kobe uh, who? Kobe, uh, Kobe Beef. Co- Kobe Calais? <laughs> um, I don't want to talk about him. Yeah. Regardless, the Lakers, man, have been a mess for a long time. They've been a mess for a real long time. I would hate to be a Lakers fan. All right, I'm done with the Lakers. Fuck the Lakers. They're horrible. Everyone knows they suck. Number two, Dylan. I have the Phoenix Suns. Ooh, that's a good pick. I don't have the Phoenix Suns on my list. Horrible franchise. Horrible (laughs) franchise. Just embarrassingly horrible. They had the number one pick in the draft, and they could have fucking picked four other players, and their team would have been better. Oh, man. I I have wet dreams about Luka Doncic and Devin Booker playing together all the time. DeAndre Ayton might might be fine in the future, but as a number one overall pick, it's going to be seen as an embarrassing pick. I know, and they didn't play- have a point guard. players that are going to be better, Marvin Bagley, Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, Trey Young, and Luka Doncic are all looking like they could be better than than For Aiton. real, yo. They could have had a hella futuristic lineup, too, with a backcourt of Doncic and Booker, and then wings. I, I think we already talked about it, my take on Devin Booker in the Wolves segment. But, yeah, Devin Booker just sucks. He sucks. He sucks. He's not ever going to be a winning basketball player. Get over it, Suns fans. He's not going to be a, a winning number one, that's for sure. I think that he's a better like he's a better number shooter three. Than, than Andrew Wiggins. He's a Clay Thompson. At, yeah, without at, the defense, right? So, like— so he's not a Clay Thompson. So he's so he's he's not even number three. He's maybe a number four or five. Yeah, I in and like I think the defense could maybe get there because he's long. You know, he's like six seven. So he is he's like not a small guy. He's just not. The the Suns are using him like James Harden, and he's not James Harden. <laughs> so, I fuck. But you know who is closer to James Harden? Luka Doncic, who they could have drafted. They even they hired his fucking ex coach. From the from the fucking FIBA World Cup to be their head coach, and they didn't draft Luka Doncic. It was fucking insane. I can't believe I didn't put the Suns on my list. They're fucking miserable. They also had a million point guards traded them all away, and now they have no point guards and nothing to show for it. Fuck the Suns. The most embarrassing indictment against them is that since 2016, the 15-16 season, they finished second to last, last last and last Damn. this year in the NBA Western Conference. And they're still not any better to be any closer to being good. They don't have kinetic happiness, they don't have potential happiness, and that's the worst place to be. Well, and they don't have they pass get Zion happiness. this year. They'll probably fuck that up too somehow. That's the last thing I want is for Zion to end up in Phoenix, I think. I think I lied earlier. They had 24 wins, but were still last in the Western Conference, and then 21 wins in the last two years. So, who knows? Maybe Andrew Wiggins would, wouldn't have been able to get the Suns to 24 wins, but Devin Booker did. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Devin Booker. You should be proud of those 24 wins. I have no investment in the Suns, but they're pissing me off. What's your number one team? My number one saddest team. And it's because I actually I don't feel bad for the Suns that much. I guess I feel more bad for the Suns than I feel like for the Cavs, since the Cavs won a championship. Or I I don't feel bad at all for the Bulls because they had six and eight years, and their fan base is the most delusional fan base in the NBA. Not afraid to say it. But I feel bad for this franchise because I have some love for the Wizards. Mm. They're my number five. We all wanted them to be good this year. We had them to win 50 games this year. I know. And I was, I I don't was all in. Know if, I don't, it was a horrible take. It was probably <laughs> your worst take of the entire preseason. And um, it wasn't that bad of a take it. in the moment. <laughs> I accept it. I think I said 50 was a lot, but I, didn't, I wasn't giving you shade for that. And yeah, no, no. I, you also agree that they would make the playoffs. Yeah. As everyone thought that they would. I, I'm in shock at how horrible things are for the Wizards. They're going to be paying a player $40 million next year who might not even play the entire year. Can you imagine that? That's what the Supermax does to a team. That's like that's really, really bad. 
I mean, on the bright side, they'll get a relatively high pick this year. I did a little digging into the Wizards' financials because it's interesting. This year, they are over the tax line by a few hundred thousand. Um, they really they really helped themselves out by getting rid of Markeith Morris and Otto Porter. Um, moving forward, yeah, those are really smart moves. So For if, Bobby Portis? Okay, fine. For Bobby Portis, Jabari Parker, and Wes Yikes. Johnson is what they got by moving those two players, whatever. Uh, Jabari Parker has a team option for $20 million. If they accept that team option... Zero chance. They'll be right at the cap, basically. But if they don't, they'll have $20 million to work with. And then Bobby Portis is also an expiring, isn't he? He is an expiring, but he's going to be a restricted free agent, which means that they can sign him and go over the cap. Please don't. So the thing is, is that this offseason should be a really good year for teams who have restricted free agents because there's going to be so many free agents in the league. I believe the number is 49% of all players will be free agents, which is big. It's a lot. Half the league will be free agents. So there will be less likelihood that a team will challenge Washington to push that number up, which means that they could get Bobby Portis on a pretty team-friendly deal moving forward, at least for the next couple years. They've got Sam Decker in restricted free agency who they may or may not want to keep. My point is that, once again, they can sign him without using any of their cap space because he is in restricted free agency. They also have Thomas Sadoransky's bird rights. So that's another person who they can sign without using cap space. So that will leave them with Decker, Sadoransky, Portis, Beal, Wall, uh, Troy Brown and Ian Mahimi. So it's not a great team. Oh, and Dwight Howard. Because <laughs> he's he's got a player option. Jan Mahimni? No. Yeah. No. Jan Mahimni will be an expiring for $15 million, And then they'll have $20 million in cap space that they can use to get role players to surround Beal with. Point being is that although they're paying Wall so much money, they made some moves to kind of relieve them. And they won't be in the luxury tax as a non-winning team moving forward, which is good. They won't. I mean, if if they're smart about it, they shouldn't even be close to the luxury tax moving forward, which is more than a lot of teams in Washington's position can say. So, yes, it is sad to, to be the Washington Wizards, but there is a glimmer of hope because at the end of the day, Brad Beal's an all-star. John Wall used to be an all-star. So there's a ceiling that does exist that is good. Will they be able to get to that ceiling? Probably not. All right, you convinced me that uh, the Suns are a sadder team. Yeah, I mean, the Wizards were, not, were my number five. So you, you had all my teams except for one. Who was that? My, my one te- I was surprised that you didn't bring up the, the Knicks. I don't think that the Porzingis move was as bad as everyone else does. And I think that there is still the thing that i the thing that makes me not feel bad for them or think that they're a sad team is that they're always still in the conversation no matter how bad they are they're the new york knicks they get enough conversation about them i didn't need to talk about them the thing is that argument is the same as the lakers argument i mean the lakers are always in the conversation too yeah but the lakers my issue is that they have such a horrible locker room presence right now. Their players are really sad, yeah. And the Knicks don't. And really the the biggest poison on their roster in terms of locker room presence was Porzingis, to be honest. Yeah, but the he wanted the, out. And he the Knicks out. the the fans are so sad. Yeah, I don't know if I feel bad for the fans. The yeah, fans. actual New York Knicks fans, not just the people who still wear Carmelo Anthony jerseys, which is sad in its own right. And the thing about the Knicks is that their sadness has been a, a, a near constant in the NBA. I mean, but there's so much potential happiness with them. James Dolan is courting offers for the team. Listen, for me, none of the Knicks' potential happiness exists until it happens. They're still the only team in Manhattan. 
Until KD and Kyrie sign for the Knicks and enjoy playing there and sign for more than one year, it don't matter. David Fisdale's a good coach. He is a good coach. That I, you know, there are things that I like about the Knicks. I like David Fisdale. I like Mitchell Robinson. I think Kevin Knox will be okay. I like Alonzo Trier. <laughs> I li- I like Dennis Smith Jr. Fine. I like that they got Damian Dotson, forty fourth overall, in twenty seventeen. That's a solid pick. You know, what I don't like is the history of the Knicks under Jim Dolan's ownership and the patterns that they've shown and their impatience and their inability to build a proper roster. And so even though there is there's a glimmer of hope going forward, I don't I just don't buy it. There's too much history that tells me that the Knicks are going to screw it up and that it's going to end in shit. Again, I just don't feel bad for them. I I don't feel bad at all. You don't have to feel bad to acknowledge that it's a sad franchise. Yeah, but I'm not sad for that franchise. So I, I don't even want to. I don't need to put them in the conversation. They always they always get in the conversation. Why do I have to talk about the Knicks again? I mean, you, you don't have to talk again. about the Knicks if you don't want to. But I'm talking about the Knicks. I have heard a lot of Knicks talk, and a lot of Knicks fans talk, and they seem to actually be at least the non-media-related ones, they seem to actually be pretty excited about the Knicks. Like, they're they're at least willing to talk about how excited they are about the Knicks. Like, My- Michael Rappaport seems to be still um, excited. He's like, fuck Porzingis. A lot of them are like, fuck Porzingis, whatever. And Spike Lee seems to be not that sad. They're used to it at this point. I don't know. I, s- I suppose they're used to it, you know. Any glimmer of hope for the Knicks fans is probably blown out of proportion. Okay, so to review, Dylan, your happiest five franchises were number five, the Portland Trailblazers, the Denver Nuggets, Oklahoma City Thunder, the Dallas Mavericks, and the Atlanta Hawks. Surprising picks. And my five happiest were number five, Indiana, Golden State, Los Angeles Clippers, Oklahoma City Thunder, and the Milwaukee Bucks. And our saddest teams, yours were the New Orleans Pelicans, the Charlotte Hornets, the Los Angeles Lakers. I believe you switched the Washington Wizards to two, and then the Phoenix Suns to number one. Is that correct? Let's go with that. All right. And then my five in order are Washington number five, Charlotte number four, New Orleans number three, LA number two, and the Knicks number one. Clear that I... Definitely am given the big market's shade for being a mess. Very clear. Because I don't think they should be a mess. It's crazy. I wanted to talk about the small markets, whether they were good or bad, um, other than the Bucks, because I think the Bucks right now, just because they have Giannis, have, been, have had enough conversation about them. But I kind of wanted to talk about the teams that don't get enough conversation. You know what I mean? You hipster bitch. I know. <laughs> but I saw the Lakers in there just because you have to. had to be. It's your hometown team, your current hometown team. All right, we're going to move on to our last segment of the pod. Would you rather, Dylan, would you rather be in charge of turning around the Phoenix Suns or the Charlotte Hornets? I'd rather be in charge of turning around the New York Knicks. At least they got a lot of cap space. Tell me that you wouldn't. Tell me that you wouldn't. Yo, I mean, honestly, if it were me... Going forward, you would pick the Knicks. it was a video game, and it wasn't real life, and I didn't have to have, like, actual skills of, like, a front office person, I would pick the Knicks. It seems like the best situation, because it is New York, and they've got a lot of money. See? That's why they're not number one. But that's that's what I'm saying. That's ex- that's exactly why they are number one because history. I'd tells rather us be the Knicks they're GM. Gonna, they're gonna fuck it up. It doesn't matter what you'd rather be. It's about what exists and what well, has to me, existed. To me, that's a part of the conversation. I would rather be the Knicks GM, but I would. This is a fucking hard one. I'd rather be the Suns GM. Good. That's the right pick. That's bigger right pick. market. 
more storied history because they've had an MVP on their team. They've had a couple MVPs on their team, I guess, because Barkley was on the Suns, right? In 93. Yes, yes um, Barkley and Nash, you're right. And Nash. So they've had a couple MVPs. Nash so they was back-to-back, back, right? Nash should have... I mean, I guess there were some serious officiating issues that were going on when What's-His-Face... The who's who's the famous official right now that everybody's oh, talking uh, about? Oh, da, 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 Dowerty, Dowerty, Tim Donahue. Donahue, there it is. He have you heard interviews with him? He sounds like he, he's got this look in his eyes, like he's just been lying for so long that he kind of just like has lost his mind. You know what I mean? Like when like real fucked up people talk, they've got this sort of air about them. Evidently in 2007 or 8 or something like that it must have been 2007 because this is when the spurs went on to win the nba championship in 2007 the suns and spurs uh had a tightly contested i think like six game um series and tim donahue was on a couple of the games or something and evidently there were some blown calls that's what bill simmons was saying he said he wrote it in the moment he was saying that there were some really terrible calls i'm wondering whether the game was rigged by tim donahue and it's possible that they like they have a route to have won an NBA championship. I the Charlotte Hornets have never had that, and they don't have that coming up in the future anytime soon. Any not even close to anytime soon. They're they're locked up in way too many contracts, and at least the Suns have. I mean, to be honest, just their two assets, uh, Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. I would rather have than uh, Miles Bridges and Malik Monk, basically. Yeah, you're right. Forward, and if I were the GM of the Charlotte Hornets, I wouldn't have Kemba Walker on the team. I would let him go. Yeah. So, so that's what they would have going forward for me. So the better corollary is probably actually Charlotte versus New Orleans, because New Orleans and Charlotte are both going to be losing their best player. Charlotte has some interesting young pieces. New Orleans will get some interesting young pieces when they trade Anthony Davis. You know what I mean? So that's probably the better corollary. Which would you pick between New Orleans and Charlotte? If I have to be in New Orleans with with Gail Benson, uh, I think I would pick the Hornets. And that's just because at least Charlotte has – it's a basketball town, at least, Mm -hmm. just because of UNC and Mm -hmm. Duke. The problem is – and the reason why I only had the Pelicans at five, I should have, I would have had them at one because they're the most pathetic franchise. <laughs> but again, like I couldn't feel that bad for them because they don't even care about basketball. And yeah. like, why would I want to be a GM in a city that doesn't even care about its own team? Right. That's really sad for them. Uh, hopefully, they'll move to Seattle soon. And if they move to Seattle, it would be just I would clearly want to be their GM unless it's Jeff Bezos. And in that case, I just couldn't work for that man. Honestly, I think Kansas City could use a team. I think they would be interested in an NBA team. I mean, they're it's a big, big Chiefs spot, but they love college basketball. They love KU, so true. I think it could be a good basketball market. St. Louis could be an interesting basketball market, especially since they just lost their NFL team. I'm sure they're dying for some sp- professional sports there. Um, so it's just all the money's in Seattle. So they have a lot of black people in St. Louis. So they m- must have basketball fans, right? Definitely. I don't plus, St. Louis is, I mean, no, that's that's real as fuck. Um, plus, like, St. Louis's rap scene is coming up. Like, there's some real good rappers coming out of St. Louis right now. Anyway, this has got me kind of uh, a little bit more hopeful for the Timberwolves' future. Me too. I mean, definitely not top five status, but maybe top eight. <laughs> maybe top eight. All right, thank you for listening, everybody. Please, please, please subscribe, download, rate, and review our podcast. Right now, we have somewhere between three and five ratings and reviews. Pretty unclear. It's very unclear. But that's like, I mean, we're up 300 to 500%. So that's amazing. Thank (laughs) you, everyone who's rated us on iTunes. Um, Keep it up. We really appreciate it. You can follow us. On socials, on Twitter at Coast to Coast NBA, on Instagram at Coast to Coast NBA Pod, and please somebody send us an email. We've been repping it on every podcast. You can email us at Coast to Coast NBA Pod at gmail.com. If you send us an email, 
first person who sends us an email will get some Coast to Coast NBA pod swag, guaranteed. Please, send us an email. And nobody ever forget, it's always the number two. Coast to Coast. I never I never remember to say that, but it's the number two. Because we're cool, and we like to save time. Efficiency. That's a one keystroke save. All right, Dylan. This has been so fun. Thank you to everyone who listened. Dylan, thanks for talking. Thanks for your list. Been an arduous process. Thank you for all your editing work. Dylan edits all our pods. He does an amazing job. Make sure in your email that you send to us, you say that Dylan does a great job. If you review us, let us know that the the editing is amazing. This one's going to be an interesting editing process. That's to say the least. I wish you the best of luck, my good sir. I got to go. Dylan, I'm sure you got to go too. So I'm going to end it with a peace. To be honest, I don't have to go, but I'll say goodbye. <laughs> I like it a little off the rails, but, but that was too much. That was too much. That was insanity. Uh, yeah. All right. <coughs> From the East Coast. <laughs> it sounded like Taz, Manian Devil. <laughs> Shout out, Space Jam 2. Listen to the podcast. <laughs>